Welcome to the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson, episode 1801. This is the first episode of a new year. Brad, welcome back to the studio. Is it, is it really 2018? I am pretty amazed that it is actually 2018. I, I, I think 2017 went by faster than any year I can ever, ever remember. I think it's probably just due to the amount of things that we actually did last year. Yeah, it's there kind was of all a blur, so to be honest. Yeah. yeah. What was the biggest thing that you think Microsoft actually did in 2017? Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, as we all kind of head off on these breaks at, at, at the holidays, at Christmas and stuff, one of the things that I always like to kind of reflect on is how I remember the previous 12 months, mm -hmm. you know. Was it, the, was it the year I lost my hair, <laughs> you know. Uh, in terms of professional, for me, as I thought about what 2017 was, for me, the, the one word um, that describes 2017, I think everything we did is accelerate. Mm -hmm. uh, literally, everything that we worked on, the rate at which we were delivering new technology, the rate at which organizations were purchasing it, the rate at which they were deploying it, everything accelerated. And there's a bunch of data we're going to kind of talk through here that kind of shows that. But for me, it was all about acceleration. Yeah, and I think some of that acceleration came out of just customers getting on board with our service. I mean, mm -hmm. how did we actually start to... Um, to start to see our, our service grow. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one of the things that um, Satya instilled in us, you know, several years ago was, you know, the company and the culture needs to be customer obsessed, and really the number one thing we need to focus on is, is usage. Mm -hmm. And if you really think, think about it, revenue is a lagging indicator, uh, and usage is the real leading indicator. You know, time and time again, there's been companies who have had technology and people continue to buy it, but they're, they're moving away from it, but the license maybe still looks healthy, mm -hmm. but the usage is declining. And so we really have pivoted the company. And I, I wrote a blog on this. It's actually one of the most viewed blogs I've ever written about how we had changed the culture of the engineering to focus on usage, including how we actually give rewards at the end of the year to the engineering teams based upon hitting the usage goals, right? And so, you know, as, as I think about 2017, you know, there's, there's some of the things we, we talked about, you know, like, Revenue was growing more than 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, you saw the number of new customers coming in, you know, growing in, in that kind of a scale as well. But for me, the most interesting and the most important number is our usage of Intune the service grew up more than 400% during calendar year 2017. So from the base that we started, which was millions of devices, yeah. grew by more than 400%. I mean, it would be kind of a, it would be a great number if we had grown 1 million devices from by 400%, but we're not just talking even about one yeah. million there. It's, yeah, it started, it started from a big, healthy base. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny, this concept of having a data-driven culture and taking a look at that telemetry, it is so addictive. Mm -hmm. You know, once you start getting a taste of that and, and you can just, you know, see how fast customers are embracing it and what they're using and you can make decisions based upon data and telemetry, it just is one of the most addictive things that I've ever worked on. Um, but just to kind of put a little more of this in context, we had months in 2017 where we had two million new devices come under management in a single month. We had another month where 1.7 million devices came under management. And, you know, that kind of accelerated rate where we're just, you know, it's, it's amazing to walk in every single morning and the first thing I look at is the usage dashboard and I see what the numbers have grown to just over a 24-hour period and, and, and it's astounding. And so for me, that, that is the, the single most rewarding thing of, of, for me of county year 2017 is the rate at which customers are using and deploying the technologies. It means they trust it. It means they believe what the future is. You know, they, they understand where we're going in terms of the strategy. Um, a couple of other, other interesting data points on this as well. Of all the devices that are being managed, 70% now have conditional access turned on. Wow. The rate at which yeah. organizations are using conditional access is just, it's just 
you know, unbelievable. It's, it's beyond what, what, what all of our wildest expectations are. And I've said this before, but conditional access really is kind of the, the most interesting thing to me about enterprise mobility and security mm -hmm. because of the rate of the attacks that are coming in. We're going to talk about how the rate of attacks accelerated as well. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about usage. The other thing, you know, uh, right, before the, right before the year ended, you know, we, we talked about at Ignite that Config Manager had gone over the 100 million monthly active devices reporting in. Uh, and let me just put that into context for a minute. To my knowledge, there are only four enterprise-focused services that have more than 100 million monthly active devices or users, and it's AAD, Azure mm -hmm. Active Directory, yep. Office 365, Defender, mm -hmm. okay, and Config Manager. Wow. That's... Uh, yeah, every week there's a million devices that come in. And I'll tell you an interesting, a couple of interesting data points about that. I talk about accelerated rates. So that grew by 100% during 2017. So we started the year at 53 million. Mm -hmm. We ended the year uh, just a little over 105 million. Wow. Okay, so you, yeah. Yeah. How do, you, know, you doubled on, on a 53 million base. base. Phenomenal, yes. right? Yeah. A couple of interesting data points inside of that. When we began 2017, 13% of all the devices reporting back to Config Manager were Windows 10. Okay. Okay. Yep. Ending 2017, it's 30%. Wow. Okay, so Amazing. 13 to 30. Yep. You know, so as we just project how that goes you know, to the next six months at the end of June, which happens to be the end of our fiscal year, that'll be north of 50%. Yeah. And what, do you, what is it that you think is really driving those deployments? Yeah, so um, one, first and foremost, you, know, you have the end of service of, 2000, of, of Windows 7 coming in yep. January 2020, so you're 24 months away from the end of service. You know, yep. Get going on your migration plans. The second thing I think is um, the the security that Windows 10 brings in. You know, you have an operating system that was built for the modern attacks, and it provides a level of protection and security that you just don't get when you have Windows 7, Windows 8, or for yeah. any other operating system. It is the most secure operating system for for business. And the other thing, you know, devices like this, mm. you know, these phenomenal two-in-ones, the surfaces that have both touch and mouse. Yeah. Um, you know, the other day I, 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 was, I, was, I was at somebody's uh, house and I just was worked on their laptop, I wanted to show them something on their laptop, it didn't have touch. And I just forgot, you know, it's, when was yeah. the last time you used a device, Simon, that didn't have touch and just, like, how do you get work done without yeah. touch anymore? Yeah, it just feels so natural to be, to be using that. And the first part of the device experience that we have is phenomenal. And the other OEMs are doing the same kind of things. I'm seeing the, the interest around um, technologies like Autopilot as well, mm -hmm. just helping to get more and more of those devices deployed with Windows 10. And people just really, organizations generally just really want to modernize the way that their employees are working. Beautiful devices, increased security, you know, the looming uh, mm -hmm. end of support of, of 2000 and, or excuse me, of Windows 7 coming in 2020. Mm -hmm. That's really what's driving that. The, one of the other interesting data points on this is I like to look at the use of Defender mm -hmm. uh, inside of, of Windows. And I take a look at, you know, the number of, of devices that are protected on 7 and 8 using Defender versus um, what, they're, what they're using Defender on Windows 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and that number basically doubles as you go from 7 to 10. And so as yep. people are moving to Windows 10, they're also moving to a Defender. Um, and so I've asked myself that question, why as well? Uh, and as I've been out talking with IT pros, you know, here, here's what I've heard resoundingly. One of the great things about how we built uh, Defender Endpoint Protection is just built on top of Config Manager. Mm -hmm. And so when an organization moves to Defender, they can actually take out an entire infrastructure out of their enterprise because it's just, you just need one. Config Manager does both your desktop management, PC management, device management, and endpoint protection. Mm -hmm. So your costs go down dramatically, right? But what's happened is this, in the CISO organization, the companies are saying, hey, Defender meets all of our needs. IT pros go, fantastic. That's an easier solution for me to manage and, be, and, and keep uh, updated. And so we're going to move to that. So we're seeing that happen. Yeah. And there's a bigger theme there. What we're also seeing is, is that organizations are moving to a much more 
integrated, simpler um, architecture in the mm -hmm. back end because everyone is beginning to realize that you need to have a simple, elegant, integrated back end. You're more secure if you do that rather than having a bunch of point products that have been deployed. And we're going to talk more about that as well in a second. Yeah, and it's a, it is very interesting because the more that we wor work with customers and actually expose to them just how much engineering effort has gone in for the past five years on that back end to tie everything together, the more that they do realize that actually the, the point solutions they've been deploying, they just don't work as well. Yeah, and what, you know, one, of the, one of my favorite emails I got last year, I got an email from, from a CIO, and in that they had a deck mm -hmm. that had, here's what our Windows 7, Windows 8 deployments look like, and all the things, all the agents, all the solutions they had. And it was like 50. There were like 50 things, mm -hmm. tasks, configurations, agents they had on their device. And they said, here's what it looks like on Windows 10. Yeah. And it went down from 50 down to like 12. Yeah. Fewer agents, better battery life, shorter login time, yep. more secure. And you know, they're just standardizing on Microsoft 365, mm -hmm. and then that's giving them a better end user experience and a more secure back end. And to me, I think maybe the most significant event in my part of the world, mm -hmm. as I think about endpoints and endpoint protection, was the announcement of Microsoft 365. It, yeah. We're going to look back at 2017 and say Microsoft 365 just fundamentally changed what the definition of the modern workplace is. You know, and we talked about this a couple of endpoint end zones ago, but Microsoft 365 is far more than just a bundle of products that have been, you know, kind of like duct taped together. Mm -hmm. Some of these end-to-end -end scenarios across, across Office and Windows and EMS are things that we've literally been working on for, for five and six years. And then we have fundamentally also changed how this then drives the rhythm of the company. You know, like, you know, next week I'll go into a meeting where it's, it's all of the vice presidents across the company that deliver into Microsoft 365. And we have a monthly meeting. It's, you know, it's pretty much an all-day meeting where we're, we're looking at the all-up strategy, the big decisions that have to be made. And we're actually driving Microsoft 365 as a product. Mm -hmm. So what that gives organizations is they can deliver that beautiful, empowering work experience that's both collaborative and, and enables people to create. But it also delivers what IT is. And so we describe that as it's that modern workplace that's loved by users and trusted by IT. And it's, it's very unique. There's nothing else on the market like Microsoft 365. And I'll bet you 90% of the customer conversations I have right now are, how can you help me get to Microsoft 365? Yeah, and I think this is the first time that we're actually seeing the, the IT organization be the driver of change uh, in the way that organizations yeah. are really actually able to work and achieve things. The last time that I can remember this kind of level of, of change was actually back in around about um, the 2000s where we were just starting to see the, the emergence of a very mature client-server model. Now we're starting to see the emergence of a very mature cloud model. That's right. And you know, it, it's a really interesting point you bring up. I think the role of IT has changed. And, and it, it, I really realized this in 2017. And I think specifically the role of the CIO and the role of the teams that deliver this modern workplace have now become one of the most significant contributors to the culture of a company. You know, yeah. the, uh, these IT teams, you know, all of you who are out delivering these experiences, it's not, you know, the guys and the girls back in the back room. Mm -hmm. You're front and center now at driving that modern culture because the work environment that your users are given is core to driving a modern, uh, you know, a modern work experience and that drives the culture. So, so you know, you've got a huge responsibility in, in your organizations because you are, you are driving culture. And people yeah. ask me all the time, what is it about Microsoft that has changed so dramatically? You know, the biggest thing, if you listen to what Satya talks about that he drove, was culture, culture. change. Culture matters. And I think we collectively have a huge opportunity and responsibility to drive that culture change and really empower our users in a way that they've, they've never been empowered in the past. 
but also do it in a way that's that's secure. Yeah. So I mentioned Accelerate. You know, the, the, the other interesting thing that I think happened in 2017 is there was an acceleration of, um, we call it the bad guys, mm-hmm. okay, the bad people. The rate at which we see attacks coming in, the rate at which they're engineered to spread, mm-hmm. or the speed at which they're engineered to spread, and the sophistication that we're seeing these attacks is just like off the chart. You know, you have to have an incredible amount of respect for the attackers because they're every bit as good as the people who are building the defenses. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I, I've seen these attacks accelerate. And if you just take, for example, take WannaCry as an example. When WannaCry got into an organization, it was built to spread within minutes. <laughs> and so what that then causes is IT just cannot exist any longer in an environment where you require days or weeks to detect these breaches or detect these issues and then respond. You know, I would argue that the, the world has hit a point now where human minds and human hands on their own can no longer defend organizations. You have to have the power of clouds backing. And I say clouds because it's just not one cloud. You know, we certainly believe we've got some of the most unique data. We have some of the most unique protections on the planet with what we're mm-hmm. able to do. But it's just not us. And so, you know, we're, we're working across the industry and looking with the other security organizations and providers, what data do they have? And then how do we bring that data together yeah. to make it, you know, one plus one equals five? I'm not sure that people actually realize that all of the, um, all of the organizations that do any um, malware detection actually share signal with each other. Mm-hmm. And that actually all gets brought, brought together into things like the Microsoft Intelligence Security Graph so that we can reason over it and deliver the right kind of information to you guys. But also, we bring in additional information from mobile threat defense providers like Lookout, mm-hmm. like SkyCure, like... Um, Imperium, like Imperium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that collection of all of that information, that's all of those different clouds that actually really come together to help protect these guys. Yeah, and so I think what, what, what I've seen that translate into then is organizations have really recognized the rate at which these attacks are coming in and the need to be able to um, react quickly. Mm-hmm. Organizations are really realizing they may have spent the last couple of decades building world-class defenses, yeah. but those defenses are often built upon disparate products that have been you know, deployed for good reason, but they don't know how to work together those products. Yeah. And so you know, in addition to having world-class defense, you have to have world-class detection capabilities and world-class response. And so defend detect and respond. And that is one of the unique things that Microsoft 365 has been engineered to do because all these services, you know, Office, everything in, in Windows, everything in EMS and all those backends, they've been engineered, built from the ground up to work together. They give you this ability now where we can detect something happening in any part of the system and automatically take action. So we can simplify IT, we can actually make you more secure, we drop the cost and it gives a better end user experience. And so for me, the definition of best of breed has changed. I think 2017 is where I saw most organizations now recognizing best of breed as that holistic, simple solution providing you know endpoint um, mm-hmm. enablement or end user enablement and protection. Yeah, absolutely. There's a. It, it's just amazing to see how far we've come in 2017. Let's and, say, then, and then there's, there's there's two other things I would mention about 2017 as I think about like engineering achievements. Mm-hmm. There were two things I would point out that that we we did inside of Intune and Config Manager. The, the first one is we, we, we rebuilt Intune. Yeah. You know, through yeah. 2016, we rebuilt Intune, and many people see that as the new console, but underlying mm-hmm. all that, you know, we, we, we eventually Huge restructured the service in a way that gives us really the unlimited scale and the unlimited scalability that, 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 that we've been needing to, you know, accommodate the 400% growth. Absolutely. You know, and so for me, the engineering work where we, we really did move into with this microservices model where the teams are able to update so incredibly fast. Yeah. Um, to do that without really any customers knowing that they had been migrated to a different infrastructure, that's, that's an engineering achievement. It's something I'll always be incredibly proud of what the team did. 
I think the other thing is um, co-management with Windows. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we've been scratching our head for a, a, a couple of months here about how could we enable and simplify the migration from a world of Active Directory and Config Manager and Group Policy to one where you're doing more from the cloud with AAD and Intune and EMS. Mm -hmm. And for most organizations, well, just about every organization of any size and scale, that's just not something you can do overnight. Yeah. So co-management and that ability to be able to move, you know, first of all, have your devices be AD joined and AAD joined, managed by Config Manager and Intune, and then be able to migrate one workload at a time, de-risks, simplifies it, and accelerates the, the movement. So we're, it's fantastic. I, I came in, and after having you know, a, a, a couple, a little bit of time off, the first console, the first dashboard I pulled up this week was the co-management dashboard mm -hmm. to see the number of devices that are now in co-management. And I was floored about how many devices moved to co-management over the break. Yeah. It's so, so it's a real scenario. Every organization that you're looking for your, your, your migration plans to 2010, you're probably using Config Manager to manage your PCs. Co-management gives you an ability to move that into the cloud and start taking advantage of that cloud asset like Intune and EMS in a very simple way. So that would be one of my biggest asks in terms of 2018 and, and challenges for you to go do. Actually, you know, it's funny that you should mention all of those things because there is so much that we actually have shipped in uh, towards the end of uh, 2017 in the uh, November and December releases of Intune. We've got some amazing things in there, like the ability to have um, NDES connectors on-premises be highly available. The ability to use a highly available Exchange connector on-premises by talking to multiple CAS servers as part of the Exchange infrastructure. We've made it easier to be able to troubleshoot issues um, with enrollment. We've made it so that you can have enrollment groups so that they can specify the number and types of devices that can be enrolled. We've made it so that Windows 10 can have a max and a minimum enrollment version. We've actually integrated with the Symantec uh, Cloud for the issuance of certificates from Symantec Cloud. A huge amount of work that's been done on the infrastructure side, and that's not to mention the things that we've done for device management, like Mac OS. Mm -hmm. We have support for Mac OS now, so we can do things like remotely lock a Mac OS device. We can deploy Microsoft Office out to a Mac OS device and keep it up to date, so it's always running the latest version from Office 365. For iOS devices, we've made it so that supervised mode devices can be um, remotely shut down. So if you're using a supervised kiosk mode device, you can right-click, shut that device down. We've actually added in so many features, it's almost impossible to, to keep so many of these things. That's one of the biggest challenges we have. The rate of innovation is so incredible. I, we haven't cracked yet how to best communicate this out to the world and to our customers. We, we, we have to do better on that. Yeah, and there, we this have a, be, This is me being a little bit self-critical here. Well, I think, I think you're right. We actually have a What's New document where you can go and review What's New, um, and we've actually started to update that now on a weekly basis yeah. because it's the only way that we can even attempt but to that's, be on top. That's a really important point to make. You know, in a services world, you don't have versions any longer. No. You know, so it's really funny. I listen to some of the, the competitors in the market talk about, well, hey, we're a cloud service, and we just released version 8.2. Yes. Well, 8.2, that's an on-prem product. That's, that's an on-prem naming. You know, and so in this world of services where you have teams, you know, we have teams that are updating seven, eight, nine times a day. Yeah. And so in that kind of a world, you've seen the rate of innovations accelerate coming out of the team. It's because of the architecture. I talk a lot about architecture matters. And so, you know, as we, as we did this work we talked about and where we, we really did redesign the, the Intune infrastructure, you know, the rate at which we're able to get innovation out is even far greater than it was at the, at the beginning of 2017. So I guess that's, that's something to really kind of consider as well, let alone in a services world, like we definitively know 
exactly how many devices are being managed. And, and I'll often get asked this question of, well, well, hey, you know, how many devices are you managing and how does that relate to your competitors? And, well, and the honest reality is not everybody knows because if you're not in the services world, you're not getting that telemetry back, you don't know. And so you take your best guess. Um, but we actually know day in and day out exactly what that is and that's why I can talk about this 400% growth. And, you know, 400% growth, I'm confident, like 99% confident. Mm -hmm. By far, that's the fastest growth in the market. I can't imagine that anybody's growing anywhere near that rate. And it's just phenomenal to see how fast it's growing. And what do you think is the real driver for that growth? Oh yeah, good question. You know, more than anything, what, what, what I see organizations asking for is they want this assurance mm -hmm. that only trusted users on trusted devices with trusted apps get access to their data. Yeah. You, know, you know, we say trusted users, this concept of identity protection and the ability to be able to identify if there's any risk based upon the identity is something unique that Microsoft has. And that's because we have that 120 million you know, monthly active users of Office 365 feeding us back in that telemetry. So that's very, very unique. You talk about, you talk about trusted device, well, that's where our MDM comes in, trusted apps. You can see how we've, we've brought identity, mobile application management, mobile device management together. We think about it as one thing. Mm -hmm. That's unique in the industry. Um, but you talk about data. It's all about protecting data. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about all these things on endpoint protection. It's about enabling users to access data in a secure way and protecting that data. Yeah. Right? Well, that data may be behind the firewall. That data may be in the cloud. Increasingly, it's in the cloud on mobile devices. You know, EMS and Intune were architected for the modern world. The other products, you, know, you think about those, the EMM providers, it was actually architected in a client-server model to protect data behind the firewall. You know, they, they architected to protect data in the last decade's model. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the reasons as we looked around the market several years ago, we decided it was better for us to build something from scratch that first of all address the needs of the modern world and then apply that back on premises. And that's been the principle of Microsoft with our cloud services. Learn in the cloud, innovate in the cloud, then bring those capabilities and apply them to the on-premises resources, which is what we've done. So I think more than anything, we just have that holistic, simple way of enabling only trusted users on trusted device on trusted apps. And that's a unique promise that Microsoft can deliver with, with EMS. And that's what, drives the, that's what drives the deployments. Yeah, I think you're right. And I just want to, you mentioned the endpoint protection there. I'm going to segue over to, uh, to my machine because this is some of the, the new capabilities that we, um, that we actually added towards the end of, uh, of 2017 around configuring uh, that Windows Defender yeah. agent that lives on uh, all Windows 10 PCs. I think that's a, a really unique thing that we actually do. The Windows Defender bits are part of Windows. Mm -hmm. That means that no separate agent. There's no separate agent. It's Nothing performant. Yeah. It's always going to be a good performant option. You have to add and manage in all these different components. We've really simplified what it means to be able to do endpoint protection. That's why I really like some of these kind of capabilities we've added in. So the ability to here, for example, configure um, application guard, which allows me to have really granular control over what's going to happen inside of the Edge browser on Windows 10. So once I turn this on, I'll enable it. I can say, well, what's going to happen with my clipboard behavior? Okay, I'm going to allow copy and paste from a PC to the browser only. I can say, um, what's going to happen with that clipboard content? Let's go, it's only going to be text. And then we can start to say, what's going to happen with this from um, regards to enterprise sites? And what we're going to do with the virtual browser? Because what this feature actually does is it means I can use the browser in my, um, my, on, on my Windows PC to access all my corporate sites. But as soon as I want to access something which is not a corporate site, we're going to require you to do that inside of a virtualized instance. And that instantly limits any kind of blowback that could possibly happen onto your operating system. It's only going to affect that virtualized instance. So if you do happen to hit a malware-infected site, and it does happen to try and make a change to your machine, it's only going to happen inside of 
that uh, virtualized instance running on Hyper-V on the machine. And once it gets shut down, it goes away. So all those changes get lost. And we talked about why are people deploying Windows 10. You just take a look at all of the things that have been built into Windows 10 natively from a security perspective. Oh, it's that's a fantastic operating system. It's secure. It's, it's, it's ready to defend it's ready to defend against the modern attacks. Yeah, and even things like that seem to be, I'll okay that message, things that are, seem to be very, very simple. But here I can actually control exactly what the users can interact with mm -hmm. as part of the antivirus. So yeah, good point. I can turn off their ability to interact with certain features. I can allow them to interact with firewall because maybe I need to allow them to turn it on or off. Maybe I need to have them allow them to have some control over the family options that they're using. And it literally lets me have control over things that are just built into Windows. Um, Defender application control as well. By turning this off, I can take a, a copy of, of Windows and say, you know what, I'm only going to allow um, binaries that, are, um, that have a really good reputation to run on this machine. And the intelligent security graph is taking feeds over whether or not binaries are doing bad things. And then actually it can say, you know what, we're only going to allow trusted things to even run on this machine. It takes us into a very, very secure um, environment very, very quickly um, with these kind of capabilities. And we can also configure things like the, uh, the firewall inside of Windows 10. New, new capabilities that actually allow us to turn off things like the ability to use FTP on that machine. We can control um, all of the IPsec settings. We can control all of the firewall settings around sharing for the three different um, network locations. Very, very cool that we've actually got the, this directly in our nice, simple management interface inside of Intune. Yeah, you know, one of the things I thought would be interesting to kind of talk about, I, I often get the question from people of, like, who's using all this at scale? Mm -hmm. Okay, give me an example of somebody who's using these things at scale that, that we can then, you know, kind of read about. Yeah. Um, and Accenture just, just put up a, a pretty mm -hmm. amazing website that I would encourage everyone to go take a look at it. And the, and the website is literally called Accenture Runs on Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, Accenture uh, went and built this website that talks about how they're using Microsoft 365. And then, you know, give some of the numbers behind it and then give some details on what they're seeing. But let me kind of help you understand the scale at which they're running. First of all, they are the world's largest deploy, deployment of Office 365, more than 450,000 okay. wow. Office 365 mailboxes. That's, okay. that's a lot of mailboxes. They are the world's largest deployed Windows 10 customer, even now bigger than the, 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 what we manage at Microsoft with, with Config Manager. Wow. They're now well over 300,000 Windows 10 devices and growing every week is phenomenal. Watch that growth. Yeah. Okay. They are the single largest user of OneDrive for Business in the world. Okay, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the website here. 1.6 petabytes of data is stored wow. in OneDrive for Business. That is a lot of data. They have the largest deployment in the world of Skype for Business. Okay. They are the largest Config Manager Intune deployed customer in the world. They're the largest EMS customer in the world as they're using Intune and Azure Active Directory. Um, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal organization. And I'll tell you, we have learned so much together with Accenture as they've hit these, these scale numbers. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Well, just imagine if they were having to actually run their own storage for those, what was it? 1.6 petabytes. 1.6 petabytes. Yeah, that's just a one drive for business. You know, think about what they're going to have in their, in, their, in their exchange and everything yeah. else. Yeah, it's incredible. But this is just such a wonderful example of an organization that is at scale that is really using all of the Microsoft 365 capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so I really would encourage everyone to go take a look at that website and just learn a little bit about what they're doing and just understand the scale at which these things can go. Yeah, it really is a, a phenomenal story of how Accenture have uh, fully embraced Microsoft 365. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, we're going to see a couple of things continue to accelerate. The move to Office 365, the move to EMS, and the move to Windows 10. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as we built Microsoft 365, we really were, were looking at the dynamics that were happening inside of organizations. 
And what we've seen in these organizations that are really leaning into these forward-looking cloud capabilities is they've now converged what were disparate teams. And so, you, you know, like the office team used to be separate from the PC management team, separate from, say, the mobile device management team. We've seen that all be brought together now in this kind of work, modern workplace team. And we see them pushing hard and accelerating deployments. And so you're, you're going to see Office 365, and we get those numbers out every, every quarter. Mm -hmm. You're going to see those numbers just continue to grow by you know, 20, 30, 40 million each quarter. Windows 10 deployments are just going to go off the chart. I can totally see that. And the interesting thing about the Windows 10 deployments is you know, we're about to start a bunch of these with customers that we're working close with right now. Everyone wants to start moving to these concepts of modern management from the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the, this use of co-management and how people are going to you know, go from that AD config manager world up into this world of Intune and AAD and those things actually coming from the cloud, that's going to be one of the most fun things that I think we're going to learn together as we go through that. Uh, you know, this is all new. We, we have 20, 25 years of experience and muscle memory about what it means to manage a PC mm -hmm. with config manager and group policy. Doing this entirely from the cloud and the new things that's going to enable, I think we're going to learn so much over the next 12 months about how to really take advantage of the cloud intelligence to make Windows 10 even better and more secure than it, than it already is. Yeah. Um, so th those are the, kind of the really big things I think will happen. Um, I think we'll see the, the, the EMS things, you know, as I think about AADP and Intune, you know, you're going to see them growing by 10, 20, 30 million, yeah. you know, ad additional um, users and devices, you know, over the next 12 months. Um, the other thing that I think is going to be really interesting to watch this year is going to be just the continued consolidation in the market of the players. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these areas that we're talking about are still relatively young. Yep. Uh, and we saw in 2017 we started to see the market consolidate in some significant ways. You know, unlike any market, you know, as it matures, it consolidates. And you already see that happening. You know, we continue to grow up more than 100 percent. Um, you know, every year. You know, the, we talked about the usage numbers growing by 400 percent. If you look at other players in this market, they're now growing in the teens on a much smaller number. So that, that consolidation yeah. will occur. And so that, that, with that brings you know, more mergers, more acquisitions, mm -hmm. more, more of that kind of activity. We'll, we'll certainly see that. I think it also brings uh, one other thing which is going to have a direct impact on a lot of folks out there. As you do start to see that market consolidate, it means that there's going to be a lot of folks having to migrate off of those uh, solutions that have been consolidated out of the market. And that's going to have to move that's already going crazy right now. Yeah. Yes, I think advice that I would give everyone as you're thinking about what the next 12 months are, you know, step into that role of driving culture. You can have a tremendous impact on your organization. You can have a tremendous impact on every user in your organization. Lean into that and really embrace that opportunity to be that leader inside of your organization. Really think about how you can put the work of the Microsoft Cloud behind you. There's so much intelligence that's there. Mm -hmm. It can better empower your users. It can better protect your organization. So think about how you start to move to these cloud services if you're not already doing it, and start using the Microsoft 365 pieces. And then really, you know, specifically, you need to be moving on Windows. Yeah. You need to be moving on Windows 10, you know, and I would, I would encourage people to get to there as, as quickly as they can. Let's use 2018 as the year, not 2019 as we're yeah. coming towards the end of service. I mean, 24 months as a, as a period to execute like, and move at 10,000 like, machines. That's, yeah, that's just going to be tough. We were talking about how fast 2017 has gone. I think yeah. we're going to be filming 1901. We're going to say, like, what happened to 18? Yeah. What happened to what 2018? Happened? Yep. But, you know, those are the things. But, but more than anything, there is an opportunity to lead. And there's an opportunity to drive change and be that force multiplier mm -hmm. and that change agent within your, within your organization. I, that's fun. That's meaningful. That, that's impactful. And that's what all of us want in our professional careers. We, we want to we impact mm -hmm. people around us. We want to impact and help people to be better. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we will leave you on that note, and we'll see you next time on The Endpoint Zone.